0: Welcome to In The Saddle Podcast. This is the first of our Cheltenham previews. In this episode, we will be covering the four grade ones on the first day of this year's Cheltenham Festival, which is this coming Tuesday. So we've got our usual suspects, Chris Loder and Paul Callahan, And this week we're joined with special guest Aidan Coleman. Aidan, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well, thanks for having
0: me. Very smart ride this afternoon on Go Dante. That all looked pretty easy for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, we really liked him. Um, um, yeah, we, we we thought he'd win. To be honest, his, his homework had been good, and, and it's nice. Sometimes it doesn't always work out, but this our, our confidence was rewarded, and he, he won nicely. So he's one to look forward to.
0: Yeah, Ollie's got a good record with the bump horses as well, hasn't he? So it's nice. Yeah, it yeah. Fits yeah, like he- that.
1: He's not training that long and they've invested a lot of young stock so these horses are going to run in bumpers and then you kind of, I suppose the proof in the pudding will be in the next few years if they progress to the bigger or better things but we're very, uh, we're, you know, we're very uh, we're laden with a lot of young stock and, and um, so it'll take time before they will kind of we'll be talking about Miss Cheltenham horses and that but uh, the, a lot of them are doing the job at the moment and hopefully they can progress as they go on, along
0: the stars of the future hopefully hopefully lovely stuff chris how are you
2: yeah i'm very well thanks been a busy week at sky but yeah looking forward to cheltenham now got uh, the week off next week so instead of being there i'll be uh, drinking lots of cups of tea and having plenty of biscuits watching all the great action so yeah looking forward to it
0: um paul Callahan, how's things
3: all is very good in the land of p Callahan. Uh, living the dream working from home doing a bit of college and family life as well. So certainly can't complain.
0: All's good. Cool. Perfect. That's what we like to hear. So let's crack on with the first grade one of the day, which is the one hundred and twenty Supreme Novice Hurdle. Chris, far away.
2: Yeah, I think, obviously, appreciate it heads to market. But a lot of people haven't quite warmed to him. You, you wouldn't be at all surprised if he won. But I think everybody's expecting something to come out of left field. So that's the kind of way I'm playing it. I think he's a bit too short for me at his current price. And I've taken an absolute flyer on one here with a horse called Grumpy Charlie for Brian Carver and Chris Honor. Now, obviously, he's got to step up on what he's done so far. But all his uh, recent wins have come at Chepstow. And he's done really well despite giving away plenty of weight. He um, beat David Pipe's horse called Eamon Onok, uh the last day, giving him well over a stone and a half in weight. And it was actually a good time that day. It was uh, five seconds quicker than the bumper. And he's just been improving with every single start. And I just think the nature of Cheltenham will really suit him. He's a 33 to 1 shot. You know, I'm, I'm taking a chance with one there. But with Bookmakers likely to offer in lots of places and that for the first race of Cheltenham, I think you could do worse than uh, this lad at 33 to 1. He's going in the right direction for me. Like I said, I appreciate you. To, he just didn't appeal for me. And on official ratings, he's got a rating of 143, which is the exact same as uh, and Glory. And I know a lot of people fancy him to run a big race if he does turn up. So, yeah, I just couldn't see why he was such a big price. And for me, he's just going to be my selection here each way, but not a particularly uh, strong selection in the race this year. Paul Callahan, far away. It's a race
0: the
3: Supreme that I think favourites have a dreadful record in. But when you go down through the field, it's hard to make a case for, for too many, I'd say, of those at the top of the market. Um, I do think it's a race that will come to Ireland. Meteor is, you know, he's three from three over hurdles, including he was a grade one winner. He took the tollward at Sandown on his last start. I appreciate it. Your slight worry with him would be he got collared. He just got called for toe by Fernie Hollow in the bumper last year. He is three from three over hurdles. He wasn't overly impressive, despite winning at the Dublin Racing Festival. But prior to that, he was very impressive at, at Christmas. The only question mark could be speed, but I do think you, you do need a bit of stamina. They're going to go fair. You know, imagine there is going to be plenty of pace on here, Um which will help Blue Lord. If I was going to have an each way selection, I do like Blue Lord. He's quite keen, and after coming off the back of a strong pace, I think it will help him settle, and he could be one staying on for a bit of place money towards the end. And I do like Bob Ollinger who also has an entry in the Ballymore over 2-5. He was a good winner of the Lawlers and Ace on his last start. He was he won his maiden hurdle at Navin prior to that and towards the, the middle of December. I think Bob Ollinger wins wherever he lines up, whether it be here. I think he might just get the better of appreciated, but I think as a, as mentioned, he is favourite, I think, for the, the Ballymore at the minute. So, um appreciate it, Bob Allinger. A bit of each way, a couple of quid each way on Blue
1: Lord.
0: Lovely, thank you, Paul and Aiden. Have you had a little think about this race at all? Yeah, oh yeah, I'd be,
1: I'd be very keen on uh, Harry Fry's horse Meteor, or whatever way you pronounce it. Uh, the only negative I can see in him, he's, he's unbeaten. He'd be the one I'd ride. Um, I think he's, I think he, he's value at the price he is. Uh, the only negative is statistically, horses that start their careers at the flat are. Don't do very well at the Cheltenham Festival. There's obviously always exceptions and all that, but in general, horses that uh, come here with Arthur platform and don't particularly, they more get beat than win, put it that way. But um, he's made the transition to the hurdles very, you know, like I said, he's, he's unbeaten, he couldn't have done any better. And um, I, really, I really, he'd be the one I'd pick to ride, to be honest. I think he's very good.
0: Interesting. You've uh, said that little fact there com- to completely the wrong person, uh, Tritonic's number one fan club over here.
1: i probably agree with you, <laughs> you as well on that respect as well. I think he looks good. But in general, over the years, uh, horses, if you look at statistics, horses, flat horses don't do that well. ex flat horses, but uh, you could make an exception in a triumph, couldn't you?
0: Good. I think he'll run well. Um, Even if he does get pipped, I think it'll suit him down to the ground. Right. So, for that one, the supreme novice hurdle, we've got Grumpy Charlie each way for Chris at 33-1. to Appreciate it is generally... Six to four, um, so we all like the look of him, but probably wouldn't back at the price. And then Bob Ollinger for Paul Callahan at five to one, and Blue Lord as an each way play at ten to one. And Aidan would like the ride on Meteor if possible. The one fifty-five Arkle Novice Chase is the next race we will cover. I think it's going to be pretty unanimous across the board on this one, Paul Callahan
3: but I don't think there's going to be it in front of all mankind but over the first fence. But um, I can't see him last. He, he'll do well, I think, to maintain his gallop throughout this. I think this is very much ground-dependent. And I think if it comes up soft, there is a bit of rain forecast between now and, and Tuesday. And it's not going to start off any better than good to soft anyway, even if we had a dry couple of days. But depending on, on, on how much soft is in the ground, it will play into Nergamine's strengths and sort of blunt the speed of Shishkin. However, if we are, you know, if the the ground does dry out between Tuesday morning and one fifty five, I think Shishkin takes the the beating here. I think if it comes up soft and Ergamine, we'll have a a serious threat. And I think the vibes coming out of Willie Mullins is even before the Dublin Racing Festival where that he would would give Shishkin a fair run for his money. But Shishkin, I know a number of people have said this, and and I'd be off to say I'm like Shishkin was my banker at the festival last season, and... Coming into this over fence is like the time I think of his Doncaster win, although it was a small relative, you know, a small field, the time of that race, I think on soft ground was something like a little like three seconds, a little over three seconds slower than standard. He's pretty nippy over his fences, touching wood and you know, he's he's the one I think they all have to beat.
0: Chris, what do you think?
2: Yeah, it's gonna be uh very interesting tactically. I think, in my opinion, this is the race I'm most looking forward to seeing on day one. I think we've got three potentially smart horses here with obviously Shishkin and Ergamine and All Mankind um as Paul said we know that All Mankind is going to go forward and it'd be interesting to see what Paul Townend does on an Ergamine I imagine he'll just uh, he'll be happy to take a lead and just track him because he wouldn't want to go off too fast but he has been very impressive when he has made all on all his starts this season and I just well, I imagine Nico would be happy to track them both you know and come and hopefully be there swinging on the bridle and then push the button going up the hill and hopefully he'll have a impressive turn of foot to go and get the job done but yeah Shishkin he's been really impressive he's gone right-handed he's gone left-handed so we've got no worries there when it comes down to his jumping and even as well as Kempton form when he won the wayward lad has been boosted because that Tamrock de Mathan went on to win the pendle so he has beaten a couple of nice horses along the way. I don't buy into it sometimes when people say they haven't beaten much. I think people need to look at the form sometimes a little bit harder. But yeah, Shishkin for me, um, I think he's Altior and Sprinter Sacro, um, Mark 2 or Mark 3 in my opinion. I, I think uh, he's very similar to, to those horses. I know Nicky doesn't like to compare his horses. But for me, Shishkin. I just think the race tactically could could be run to suit him. So yeah, he gets the nod for me in the Arkle.
0: What do you think, Hayden? You siding with Shishkin?
1: Yeah, Shishkin. That's all I'm gonna say. And if there's not really point in getting into any more of it, I think you win. <laughs> straight, <laughs>
0: straight, straight to simple the simple point.
1: Simple <laughs> as, yeah. As, yeah.
0: <laughs> so Shishkin for everyone involved is currently at ten to eleven. So we're not buying any houses with that, I don't think. So the next race, the three o five champion hurdle. We have, let's start with Aidan for this one. You've booked for a ride here on the lovely Epitone. Yeah, yeah,
1: I screwed her this morning. She seems in a great place. The vibes are are good at home as well. Um, She was a little bit disappointing in uh, uh, Captain at Christmas, but, you know, like, Silver Streak is a very, very good horse and she didn't have to underperform that much for a horse of his caliber to beat her, you know, so it's not it's not uh she doesn't have the mountain to climb that people are making out to get back to the real epitome for lack of a better expression you know what i mean she she only just underperformed in the day and and uh, uh silver street took advantage of it you know so she you know her back is being you know treated and a few other little niggly things and and um she felt great this morning and i think uh look she's in with a great chance but you know, unfortunately, well, unfortunately for me, watching Honeysuckle was scarily good at Leopardstown <laughs> uh, ended up in Dublin Racing Festival. So I thought it was an unbelievable performance. And I think even if Epiton had won the Christmas herbal, I still think Honeysuckle would probably still be favourite. Um, um, it's just more and more, it's in recent memory as well. That's how the world works. You know, you always go at your the latest memory, and, and Honeysuckle's form is, is uh, you know, it was only a few weeks ago, and, and it was. As I say, it was scarily impressive.
2: So you know, she's 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 the one. Um, I think if we
1: can beat her, we'll win.
0: No, the competition in the race for you, then.
1: there, uh, there is, there <laughs> is very much so. There very much so is. But I think Honey Sockle is to stand out, uh, and I think if, whoever beats Honey Sokol will win. I think that'll be the way I think you know Goshen he was impressive in the Kingwell I'd in the race he was very impressive and all that I think he really needs to come forward again from that I wouldn't be going you know if you're going, if that's his farm he, he's not good enough um, I think he needs to come forward again from that but there's no reason to say he won't he took a massive step forward on his recent farm to do what he did at Wincanton so you know there is and he's relatively young as well so there is he has the option of improving but he needs to um and then you know, like Abercrombie's farm against Sushkin last year was good. Is it? There's, there's plenty of formidable opponents, but I just think that Honey uh, Softly is
0: the one we have to beat. Simple. Thank you, Aidan. So, Chris, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's a l- little bit wide, wide open. It just reminds me a little bit of the year a couple of years ago when we had Apples, Jade, Lorena, and Boo You know, where we had two mares, and obviously we've got that this year. Um, I think it's a little bit more wide open, and I think some of the opposition, like Aidan said, there is opposition, um, obviously, to to take on the two mares at at, at bigger prices. I don't think a lot of these should be as big as what they are. Obviously, Honey and Suckle was really impressive. Um, I know she won the Irish Champion hurdle last year, and even though she she got herself out of a hole and stayed on well uh, 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 up the hill at Leopardstown, um, I, I always questioned her ability over the trip. But last time, um, that doubt was kind of put out of my mind. But I do think, like Aidan said, she if you I think if you beat her, you you do win the Champion Hurdle, and it's working out. What we've really I think epiton has got a good chance if she comes back to her best form. Obviously, getting the Mayor's allowance, I do think Silver Streak will go really close. He hasn't had his conditions in the Champion Hurdle the last couple of times. He he ran third in it a couple of years ago when it was soft ground. He, his best form has come on good ground, and I think he'll run a mighty race. Yes um if, uh, if the ground isn't too soft for him. So he would definitely be an each-way selection for me. And one I'll just put out there left field. He has to improve. But I think Jason the Militant is quite an interesting one for Henry de Bromhead. He beat Petty Mouchoir last time, giving him £9. And he didn't really look like he got out of second gear that day. That was a very impressive performance. I think he would want the ground maybe on the soft side. Maybe the quicker ground could be a concern. But he's definitely going the right way. And I think he's got a similar profile, in my opinion, to Star last year. Running some of the good races over in Ireland, placed a few times, and ran an absolute cracking race for connections and the champion last year. So I could see him maybe making the frame at a big price, but yeah, Silver Streak and Jason the Militant would be my two against uh, the the Mayors at the top of the betting.
0: O'Callaghan.
3: Oh, yeah, be in agreement with the lads. I think Connie Suckle. I said it at the start of the season um, in a county national preview at work that I would have loved to see Honeysuckle go for the, the champ, have a shot at the, the champion hurdle um, I jump jumping this year And the Irish champion was an awful lot slicker than last year last year she was grand but she was just a little careful and slow over hurdles but she still won this year she was so slick, she was very good um, I'd agree with Aidan I think whatever finishes ahead of Honeysuckle will win, there's a lot of competition obviously this champion hurdle but this is going to be fairly relentless there's plenty of front runners here a horse I tipped up at the start of the season also, each way for the champion order, or champion order fancy, I suppose, would be Abacadabras. I think he's a horse that just keeps a little bit more for himself. He was a well-held second behind the mare. behind Honey and in the Irish champion, but if the ground dries out, at around, you know, before the, the three o'clock, five past three on Tuesday afternoon, Abacadabras could be worth a couple of quid each way. And I would agree with Chris with Chasing the Militant, only a little over the neck separated the Chasing the Militant and grabbers when the pair met two starts back at Punchestown That was back in the middle of November. Chasing the Militants. If he, he does like to go forward, I just think with Connections, with so many opt to that will be in the, the front line lining up here, if Connections up to drop Chasing the Militant in, he does like to make the running and he settles. It could be one at a bit of a price that that could be staying on best, also. But at the moment, I'd go honeysuckle and Abercrombie each way. But if the ground dries out, but I wouldn't put anyone off having a couple of quid each way on chasing the Militant.
0: Perfect. So we'll round up that one there. So aiden obviously hoping that Epiton can get ahead in front. She is currently priced at 11 to 4 in most places. And then Chris with some each ways with Silver Streak at 14 to 1 and Jason the Militant at. 20 to 1. And then Paul Callahan side in with Honeysuckle at 9 to 4, and an each way with Abracadabras at 9 to 1 in most places. So we will move on to the final race that we'll cover, which will be the 3.40 mares hurdle. Chris, do you want to start with this one?
2: Yeah, I, I think this is quite an interesting race, actually. I know a lot of people do complain about the mares programme, but I actually quite like the mayor's races. you know we've had some good competitive clashes uh, in the last few years, especially last year obviously between Honey Sackle and Benny Dejure, that was a great race um, but yeah, I think this is quite an interesting race and I, I don't want Roxana to, to run here I can tell you that, I want her to go for the stairs I think she's more of a stair, I think she would just lack a little bit of toe against uh, some of these and as I've been beating the drum all season on her, all her best form has come over 3 miles and even before this season if you went back far enough when she'd actually been tried at three miles. That's where, like I said, her best form would come from, uh, with those great runs at Aintree. But yeah, Constatista, I think she's a little bit too short for me. Obviously, she's done nothing wrong and has been very impressive on, on both her starts uh, this season. But I thought Damned to Company could be an interesting one, um, coming back over hurdles. Obviously, won the Coral Cup for Nikki Henderson last year. And in fact, actually beat um, Indefatigable at the, the international meeting in 2019. And obviously Indefatiball boosted the form by um, scoring in, in the Martin Pipe. So a lot to, to like about Damned Company's Cheltenham form, you know, we always say every year that course form and festival form can go a long way. Um, obviously, Chasing hasn't quite gone to plan after she unseated um, Nico de Boinville in, in the City Isles. But yeah, I think going back over hurdles is a sensible move. Uh, if the ground's good to soft, uh, as I expect it to be uh, on the first day, I think she's got a cracking chance. And maybe Black Tears could be an interesting one for Denise Foster. Um, like I said, finished sec- um, she finished second, actually, in the Coral Cup behind Damned Company. She could be one each way. But yeah, I think Constantista is a worthy favourite, but I think at the prices, I- I'd rather take her on with uh, Damned Company. as my number one selection in the race. Chris, Paul
0: Callaghan.
3: Um, I think yeah, Constance is gonna be hard to beat. She was second in two thousand nineteen. She you know, she took this contest last year. She looked as good as ever on both starts this season with scoring at Ferry House and Lephester respectively. Not a working man's price. So looking elsewhere, i tried to make a case for indefatigable. Took the to the Martin Pipe last year, it was a little disappointing at Kempton I thought. You know she was sent off eleven to one in a seven runner. Grade Two race was it the Rail Keel that was won by McFabulous. I think, I do think in the I think she she'll outrun her odds here. She's around, in around the twelve to one mark. Um, I think she's better than her Kempton run, and I, I'd expect her to finish a lot closer here. Could be surprised if she doesn't. But I do. I think, Concertista as the prices would reflect. I think she, she takes the beating. Adam, what do you think? Uh, I
0: hope Roxana goes for
1: this race because well, I I I I. I I don't think she would probably stay the stairs hurdle trip uh, on the new course. I know she's got far over three miles and all that, but I, I think she's a bit pasty for, for, for a stairs hurdle. I don't, you know, she she, she won over three miles and last said last couple, she, she would have won that race over any trip because she was by far the best mare in the race. Or entry run over three miles is good with a different track. I'd, I'd, I really think they'll go for this race with her. And I think if they do, she's the only one that can really probably beat uh, Cantatista or, or whatever her name is. Um, I think she will go for this
0: race. I think um, general consensus from what I've heard of people that work at the Skeletons is that this is the race that she'll go in. Um, and yeah, I she'd be carrying my money in it. So we'll wrap up that one as well. So we've got Chris siding with Dan Company at 11 to 2 in most places. Paul with Constatisa at 6 to 5 or indefatigable each way at a 12 to 1 shot. And then myself and Aidan liking the look of Roxana for this race at 3 to 1. Perfect. So covered the four grade ones for the day. Aidan, do you wanna have a little chat about any of your other rides for the week?
1: Yeah, um, well I suppose we got like the the ones I know of are put the kettle on in the um champion chase and we got Paisley and in the stairs and obviously Santini in the in the Gold Cup, which uh, i and you add I've into that. That's you know, that's stuff of dreams really going racing win loser draw their you know four plum rides for the for the week and, and to get them for um, three different trainers is, um, is 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 great as well. So I, I, I'm delighted with that and I just look I hope they all kinda of get get the show they running and, and um, no hard look stories and, and we can get a couple of results out of it. You know, I think put the champion, the champion chase she's She's always kind of been somewhat overlooked, uh, and I can see why, to be honest, as well. You know, it's, it's a, you know, she, she, you can see why when she has run in the Arkle you know, that there was more fancy ones and all that. But ultimately, she's always kind of come out on top. Um, and course form around Cheltenham is is very important. and That's probably one of the main reasons we've gone for the Champion Chase on the Wednesday on the old course, Rod. But for the new mayor's chase on the new course on the on the Friday, because they're very different, and we know she loves the old course, and, and uh, that's why we've opted to give her a go at the champion chase this year. And then if it doesn't work out, we've always got the mayor's chase next year. And um, look, Shaq and is going to be very hard to beat, but he's never ran around Cheltenham, I don't think, does he? And uh, and I no, got been. pulled out basically at the eleventh hour last year, so you never know what would happen. Yeah yeah so there you go so that you know you never know uh, you'd never know and her farm I look i'm not saying she's going to win but if shaq of course, well, didn't uh I'd turn up or whatever i think she's got a really good chance of being in the money. really good chance i can't see how she can't be really with her farm ranch chadlin to be honest um so yeah i uh, looking forward to that and uh yeah, obviously paisley's paisley then i'm going to school him in the morning uh, just so a nice couple of mornings I've had last, you know, it's a good epiton this morning, amongst others, and then Paisley tomorrow, so that's uh, a lucky boy, it's easy going, <laughs> easy going uh, better half-five in the morning when you're going to ride them. Um, well, look, he, he, I think he's better than ever this year. I think his form suggests that. Um, I think beating Tyne Hill is his best form he's got today. He, when he won a stairs hurdle, he beat, like, Sam Spinner and Faheen. I know Faheen's a magnificent horse and all that, but he was kind of, on the downgrade, so to speak, over hurdles at, at that tight point of his career. Um, but whereas beating um, um, Tyne Hill at Ascot, I think I think that's I think that's his best form and, and his homework and his schooling would suggest that you know he's in a better place this year than uh, definitely last year and uh, even probably the year before. So I'm really excited about Paisley Park. Really happy. That's
0: that's uh, lovely. Yeah, I've. Um, yeah that last run against time Hill was such a gripping race to watch it was enjoyable in so many ways so hopefully we can um it was a shame
1: just, there wasn't crowds wasn't there that was one one was a shame there wasn't crowds for our christmas crowd ascot would have really made that race well
0: yeah. never mind the times are in yeah uh, what's Let's it see. like at the moment without crowds is it uh, you getting you used get- to it
1: yeah well you get used to very quick because the race riding is still as intense as ever and the job is still the exact same and as long as the two ambulances are following you around you're not actually that bothered about the external factors <laughs> um, so more the day to day stuff doesn't act it look at be it, we'll probably notice it when they come back but in general I think we're just delighted to be able to do it have a, have a job and, and be able to work and, and do what we what we love doing and, and what we need to do to make a living um, that said I bet uh, you know it's, i think Cheltenham probably next week will will be a little bit, the, the prelims and, and, and the post race I think it will be a little bit eerie and maybe anticlimactic or whatever, whatever. we don't know but um, as far as the race riding is concerned and the, you know, the fundamentals of that, it makes absolutely no difference, I mean, it'll still be as intense as ever and it'll still be as hard and as competitive as ever and um, you know so so. As far as that's concerned, it's going to be just as hard a week to ride as it has been for the last twelve or thirteen or fourteen years, however long I've been going there. So, so I'm not expecting any differences in that respect. But um, you know, this, the before and after and the build-up will probably be different, all right? Yeah. Um, it would suit
3: some of the it would it would suit some of the busier horses the way, but and I suppose jockeys is, that might, might might overthink. But I'm sure there's some horses like in comparison to footballers and that, that would feed off the crowds, that would draw like your, maybe your Ronaldo's or Messi's that would go out in front of the big crowd and think, yeah, this is what it's all about then.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%, like I always said, um, 100%, I always said, like, I don't think, t- I think it, it, it won't be a negative term, it could be a po- It could be a positive. Uh, like, I think crowds, if she won a champion hurdle with crowds, it's no different, but I definitely think without crowds, it's probably... Be a positive more than a negative. I think Santini, on the other hand, at the Gold Cup, probably could do it. Crowds, um, you know, just to kind of give that extra bit of oomph you know, wake them up a little bit. Uh, hmm. And then like that's only two I'm dealing with. There's there's umpteen other horses running that are. It's going to, it's going to have effect on a lot of horses running. It's just it's up to you either to way. decide. Either way, it's going to of course it's going to affect them. There's either you put you put sixty thousand people in a in a in Closed enough area or zero people, are there's a very different, uh, very different atmosphere there. So it's going to affect, it's going to affect a lot of horses. I think it's something that has been overlooked. Um, I think it has been something, it has been overlooked. So, like, I think it'll be more. i would be looking for no crowds as a positive. The horse is more than negative. If you know what I mean. If you're looking for an angle on that respect, I'd be going for the busier type of horses that might actually be suited. I don't, you know, like I think. As I said, Santini—he probably could do with crowds, or would be benefited by crowds. But you know, like it's, it is just—it's up to you. I don't think anyone can really say that information. I think it's kind of you—you you kind of have it, and you kind of take from it what you want.
0: Yeah, I guess yeah, some are just more noise sensitive than others, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like Willie always kind of runs most. of an earplugs, so maybe they might need them if they have them. But it doesn't really matter, I suppose. Um, uh, you see a lot less red hoods at the moment. Horses want to start with the red hoods that you can take off. I, I I suppose I I think I think it is an angle, but you can probably read too much into it. And probably the you know the you know the you'll be able to finish the wrap up that case study when the crowds are back and see how horses react more than probably how they're going to react now because these are unprecedented times.
0: And we, you know we're all kind of finding our own way, aren't we? So. Uh, I guess all going I know back is the
1: real striding is still
0: intense. <laughs> I guess going back to the bumper horses, the younger horses that haven't seen crowds yet, it'll be interesting when they get out racing and we've got crowds again. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out.
1: It is and race but racing has been going for however many hundred years and there's always been crowds so to speak. So I suppose it'll just go back to how it was, I'd imagine. Um yeah, we, we, we you know, we we'll, you know, hopefully, you know, slightly on a tangent. It's not looking like it's going to be too far away and the not so distant future with look crowds back. So let's hope it's sooner rather than later.
0: Lovely stuff. So we'll wrap up there, Aidan. Thank you so much for your time. Um, And thank you, Chris and Paul, and thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast, likes, shares, gets involved, um, and subscribes. You can subscribe on the usual channels through iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, so you don't miss any of the latest podcasts. Hope everyone has a great weekend and a great, great Cheltenham Festival. Thank you very much.